0: Okay. Done. Uh so I was I was uh kind of saying earlier I really wish I had listened to more of the King Gizzard discography before we got into this cuz uh, I really wanted to know now. like how it
1: kind of stacked up against everything else. Mm well I can provide some of that insight uh cuz I've listened to all of their stuff except this album. So <laughs> which um, is so weird. Have you dipped into any of their other stuff?
0: Uh, After I listened to this one a couple times, I dipped into Nonagon, which I've heard is like their most kind of oh, popular one. Uh, I listened to Microtonal a little. Uh, I remember listening to uh, the one that had Fishing for Fishies on it when it came out and wondering yeah. what on earth I was listening to.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's my least favorite.
0: I mean, it's just so like... Goofy. It's very like at least uh from what I remember very kind of like swamp banjo folky
1: yeah or something. It's very you goofy. Know? And their stuff can be goofy, which I dig. I you know, like I like that they don't take themselves that seriously, but that one was really hard for me to get into. I eventually started liking some of those songs, but Fishing for Fishes is um it's asking. It's asking me to buy in a lot on their bullshit, <laughs> and I'm not fully bought in. I I fucking love this band. Like they, I've listened to them for the first time. I think in 2016, at Nonagon Infinity. Basically, there was a a poster for it at a uh, motherfucking uh, Waterloo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that looks cool as shit. Like I, I wasn't into, (laughs) I wasn't getting into like, I was just, yeah, actually I was just getting into like stoner rock and, and that whole scene. And I had never heard of King Gizzard and I didn't know what kind of music they were, but I was like, that is a cool ass album cover. And just the aesthetic of it. I was like, I have a feeling I'm going to like this. And even if I don't like whatever. So I bought the record and holy shit, that album blew my fucking mind, dude. It's,
0: it's i really liked the concept of it which was that it's like no stops like every song Mm. just flows into the next and it's just like a perfect loop and uh i think people vultures is probably one of my favorite songs by gizzard and it's on that one
1: pop that on right now
0: one of my favorite music videos as well
1: (laughs) oh damn oh yes i was actually singing this song yesterday and i couldn't remember which one it was um, People,
0: vultures, got approaches
1: I think uh, I think Gamma Knife is probably my all-time favorite by them That's another good one Gamma yeah. Knife And then, yeah man, when, when I finally listened to Yeah, it's cool because like you said It's like meant to be listened to on a loop So it's like, it starts with the, Like when it ends Technically you can just keep it going And it'll, the first song will start Like not even skip yeah. a step Yeah Really cool um, Yeah, this song's badass, dude this whole album, goddamn, yeah. What's weird is that this is the one that got me into them, and it's the one that I've listened to the least since I got into them. Really? Yeah, just because I listened to it a lot, like for the six months that it was out until uh, "Flying Microtonal Banana" came out, hmm. and then in twenty seventeen is when they came out with like five albums. Yeah. Right, so I remember I didn't, that happening. Yeah, so I didn't listen and I didn't go back to Nonagon Infinity since that happened. But like I've listened to it so much that, yeah, I know this whole record for sure. Like I was like I was saying, I was singing People Vultures yesterday, and I didn't even. I was like, "What? What am I singing?" I just remember going, "Yeah, that riff." I'm like, I know that's one of theirs. Yeah, um, but yeah, Gamma Knife and Rattlesnake are like two of my all-time favorites of theirs. Wow. Rattlesnakes off a of flying microtonal.
0: Yeah, rattlesnake, rattlesnake. When I first, <laughs> it was y'all who got me into Gizzard, because y'all were yeah talking about him all the time, and I looked into him, and it was like, does he just do the vocals and the guitar? Are they just the same thing for every single song?
1: <laughs> that that is definitely a thing that they do a lot. It's a it's a fucking like fallback for them, but uh, not every time. It's Well, it's weird.
0: Like, I don't know if it was just, like, I was randomly picking, like, some of their top songs and just some random songs from the album's, like, titles that were cool. And every single song for, like, 15 songs in a row had that thing where it was just he was playing the guitar to the vocals and they were just kind of doing the same thing. And I was like, God, man, they love
1: that thing, which is cool. Like, I love it, too, but, like,
0: that's a lot.
1: Yeah, I get that I'm gonna fucking flip my, my blinds I definitely get that um, But I think a big thing I think a big reason why they do that Is because they do microtonal shit Like they play notes that you typically only hear In like eastern music Like, uh, you know, Asia and the Middle East And stuff like that Like these are notes that aren't typically in pop music In the western world So like, how do you fucking write a, a, a harmony When you're playing a micro note? Or a micro, you know, like you're playing in between <laughs> you. a, f- you're playing in between A and B, which like isn't supposed to exist, you know.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's not supposed to exist, but it's not, it's it's A not flat found. does
0: exist and B a fl- sharp does exist.
1: Well, A flat, right? I'm talking about A. There is no A sharp, like there is yeah, no there B is. flat.
0: What? Oh, yeah, yeah, A and yeah, B yeah. go in together? Like, I yeah. know what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: There's no half step in between those two. But then microtonal creates those half steps and even quarter steps, I think. Like, I think they have, like, yeah. what's in between B sharp and C? Like, there's another note there, but we don't play it here.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, when I was kind of doing research on Gizzard, I looked up what microtonal was, and they described it as the notes between, like, piano keys.
1: Yeah. Right like you it's know. and and I never heard anything like that. I have a friend who doesn't like King Gizzard just because of that. He he and this dude like uh went to school for violin. Like he is a a very like he's he's really talented. He's a good musician. Plays a lot of different stuff. But uh he can't get into that. And I thought it would really? be like a music nerd's like wet dream, you know?
0: Yeah, and I feel like violin is one of the instruments that you could do micro Micro
1: tunnel stuff on. I could be mistaken,
0: yeah. but like, no you know, idea. that fretless stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. You would, yeah. That makes sense. Um, don't violins don't have frets? I guess you're right. No, they don't. Do but fiddles have
0: frets? They're the same thing. <laughs> a fiddle and a violin? It's the same <laughs> yeah. Thing? Yeah. It's just how you play it, I think.
1: No, they sound so different.
0: I could be mistaken. I don't know. <laughs> but. Uh, We're gonna get a lot
1: of angry comments from the two people that listen to this.
0: <laughs> We're gonna get a lot of angry comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you would, if if you would let me do the honors,
1: Lucas. Do you want a tro? You want to do the tro?
0: Yeah, I want to. Try, I want to try the tro a little bit.
1: Throw, try the throw tro a little. Bone. My stank on it. Give me a tro bone.
0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode. of of ear buds the podcast or two buds talk about one album for far too long mm-hmm. and <laughs> hash it out hash talk about what we like what we don't like what we kind of like we try to argue with each other we're usually trying to punch each other through the uh screens on our computers
1: body uh, bag, body bag
0: we are the odd couple of podcasts or the pod couple of odd casts if you prefer uh i'm your host brett danger hanahan that's me and uh
1: lucas indrakovs that's you what's up man what's up what up youtube i think that's the first time you've ever said my last name on this show i was trying to stay remotely anonymous <laughs> well <laughs> it
0: might be the first time i've said your last name out loud because i've always been scared of how to pronounce it you did it perfectly
1: well yeah. th-
0: thank you very much
1: yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, what's up, man? I fucking am super excited to talk about this. Oh, I know you are, man. Like, should we just jump into it? I don't know. I think we should meander mm. for a while. I love editing uh, an hour off of each episode. It's Well, it's so satisfying, right? Because you
0: just <laughs> you trim off the fat. We could talk about this new body wash I've been using. That that might be exciting.
1: We talked about deodorant on the last episode, so why not talk about body wash?
0: <laughs> I think I I think I edited most of the deodorant talk out of the episode because I don't think anyone would want, or I think most people would not
1: want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, that's you know I did the same thing with the at all cost episode where I was listening to this and I'm just like this isn't even interesting to me and I said it. <laughs> Like I went off for 10 minutes on something that I, I, I'm like, this is inconsequential to the podcast, to what we're talking about. It like you barely had, there's, there were so many times on that episode that I would say some, I would go off for a couple of minutes and then I would be quiet and wait for you to respond and you just go, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, you know, and I would just listen to this. I'm like, this is bad. This, this is bad radio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not a not a very good like audio conversation at some points. No,
1: it's like I left you stumped sometimes and and I fucking get it because I was it's like I'm glad that we changed the format cuz I was I really was struggling to find things to talk about. So I would just kind of I think, you know, I think I I fucked us up from the get-go on the first episode because I was trying so hard to get into the lyrics and the meaning of everything rather than just talking about how much the music meant to me. You know, and how much I liked it. Mm. So I tried breaking it down a little bit too much and then I just think since then it's like we've gotten or I've gotten a lot better about like just vibing with it rather than like trying so hard to make sense of everything and you know kind of taken away from the the art of it all like you kind of take you, when you when you I mean, analyze it that much line <laughs> by line you know
0: it's we can like we can leave the uh, very focused dissection to the dissect podcast you know yeah and, yeah like, for sure i get it because like the first episode was like one of your favorite albums of all time like a very special album to you so obviously you'd want to like talk about as much as you you know as as you can yeah but i even like
1: though it was one of my favorite podcasts or one of my favorite um (laughs) albums ever uh i never broke it down like that before it's not like i'm i'm listening to it and being like dude I, i bet this line means this and and 9 11 and fucking <laughs> you know, like it, it. I just Bush uh, administration. It reminded me, yeah. It reminded me so much of when I interviewed um, Steve Choi from our Bandits. You do take away a little bit of just like the magic of it when you break it down that yeah. much, you know.
0: I mean, I, I'd love for us to get to that beautiful balance of kind of methodical but also emotional, you know, kind of yeah. like looking at it as. As musicians, uh, right? But then also, like, you know, it, how we felt about it, like the impression it gave us, how it made us feel and all that. And, like, we'll find that balance, you know? Yeah, we'll for sure.
1: There. I honestly can't believe that we're on our sixth episode. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> Didn't expect it to to last this long, you know? It's, like, something that you think you're going to try a couple times and then someone loses steam, you know? but
0: Oh, dude, I mean, I was I was nervous that we were going to, like – be mid record the first episode you'd be like man you're not very good at this are you and I'm like "Uh, yeah I'm not
1: (laughs) man that's so telling because I was worried that you're the one that has done podcasts like you've done this shit before I was the one I was worried I was gonna be like just fall so flat and I feel like I you know again own worst critic or whatever but like like I want to talk about these albums like how we talk about it at band practice (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) With uh, with some ambient guitar and blaring drums in the background.
1: <sighs> Mostly fucking guitar that doesn't seem to notice that we're trying to have a conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, Michael. <laughs> just fiddling around with something.
1: <laughs> Quit diddling yourself in the fucking other room. You're being so loud. I mean, it was the same thing. Like You would do it too. I would do it all the time.
0: We'd I mean, all just kind of yeah. get
1: in, in our little mode and just be like, I just want to play and just... <laughs> start playing um but yeah dude this uh King Gizzard man how how uh so you said you you just started listening to them like recently like ever since you you met us basically
0: oh yeah it was like y'all are the only reason I know them I'm not sure I would know them otherwise uh but this was probably the album I'd listened to the most because I listened to it like three or four times when it came out
1: Yeah, this one came out in 2019?
0: Yeah, just like a year or two ago, depending on how you look at
1: it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's so crazy because the hype, my hype for this album was so real. Like, they came out with Planet B and they came out with Self Immolate, like two music videos. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Master, I think it's Master of the Universe or Master, yeah, Murder of the Universe. Murder of the Universe, yeah that is a straight up like concept metal album. And so that was the heaviest I'd ever heard them get, but they're pretty fucking rocking most of the time. But when I heard Planet B and Self Immolate, I was like, this is going to be a concept album.
0: I mean, yeah, it's a whole yeah, it is. Like I I finally dove into the lyrics for the first time today.
1: So cool, dude.
0: And I was I was really impressed by what I found, you know. I really actually like the story of this album.
1: Me too. I think um, it's crazy when you think that the, the singer, Stu, that he wrote all the lyrics. He wrote most of the music, as far as I can tell. He played bass on this album. He produced it. He mixed yeah. it. He recorded yeah. it. Like, I think it's the same. He's, he's definitely like the driving force behind like the creativity of this band. And I want to sure. say um, it's the same thing with Murder of the Universe. I think it was all him. Like, I think he just like gets these ideas. He's a really big fan of of um oh what's that fucking guy lovecraft hp lovecraft for
0: sure yeah and
1: you can tell with the with the shit that he writes about he's all about weird sci-fi horror creepy stuff but then he's so whimsical and like has so much humor like they're they're goofy (laughs) as fuck
0: (laughs) i would say uh not not too much humor on this album but
1: not really but like a little like uh, I think, I think just the 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 concept alone and the song titles alone are like hilarious to me. <laughs> like it's I mean, to, it's it's like uh, they it's like they pulled these because this is like a, a to me it's like a sci-fi horror metal album. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah, and like they to me the the album titles just sound like they're pulled straight from like 1930. 30s and 40s and 50s like sci-fi novels and like 60s and 70s like horror like, movies is it just it seems like he just watched and like consumed a whole bunch of this like kind of cheesy but really cool and like um, imaginative like sci-fi horror stuff and yeah. then just was like I want to write a whole album and tell my own story that's like this
0: yeah and i don't i don't again i i'm not too familiar with the rest of their discography but it is like it's not like this (laughs) super sci-fi it is super like i mean the lyrics on this are super metal they're fucking
1: badass dude
0: like they they emulate a metal band it's like they are a metal band on this album. Like they just like they're not even emulating. They're just a metal band, and how they switch between these genres of music is beyond
1: me. Dude, honestly. it's they're they are so um, what do you call it? Like a uh, pro, oh, man. Like when like when you come out with a shitload of stuff, like you just prolific, prolific. They are so prolific. Like legitimately, King Gizzard came out with five albums in one year. And they were just like they This dude had so much in his system That he just had to get all this shit out and, and they I think also just release They have their own record label Just to be able to release their own shit whenever they want yeah Which is yeah. another reason why they can do this But to think that You can write five albums worth Of music and the Genres that you span Over one year Over five albums Is like It's it, it's, it's fucking it's incredible <laughs> it and and the, the level incredible. of
0: the level of quality as well it doesn't seem like they skimped on any of these records
1: there's not right? at least until you get to fishing for fishes which they had to take a couple years off or at least a full year to fucking <laughs> i think <laughs> a they couple of
0: years to them
1: yeah i think they just toured yeah it probably felt like a decade yeah. but they yeah man i mean those five records they're they're i don't think there's any filler and there, and they legitimately go from like psych to like noise rock to garage rock to lounge music to like electronic stuff to po- like almost pop music at times, but like sixties pop music. It's <laughs> it's so cool. And just to give everyone a heads up, like you didn't read the fucking title of this episode, but we're talking about Infest the Rats Nest specifically, yeah, uh, by King Gizzard, and that is a yeah, like we were saying, straight up fucking metal and so impressive that you can go from a lounge album and then a metal album and you play both just as well with just as much like passion and fucking like you can tell that they really crafted these songs like I when I first listened to this I was like oh this is so like pleasantly kind of like sloppy <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, "This is so like," and that was another thing. I'm like, "Oh, kind of the, that's like kind of their humor. Like it's it's so like." I I thought it was a little um, like low effort at first, which is weird to say. And I think it's only because of the way that it's produced. Like this this album sounds like like how did I write it? it's It sounds like um, exactly what you would think if a garage rock band or like a noise rock band decided to write a metal album. That's mm-hmm. what it sounds like. Like it, they use the aesthetic, and the production, of a garage rock like noise rock band, but they just played metal instead. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's it, really fuzzy.
0: It, yeah, I was just about to say that it's got that fuzz. Uh, it's got, you know, those kicks are uh, pretty high in the mix. That that bass, little muffled it, even. Little it, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's. It, I I can only assume the variety of their music comes from there being seven people in the band. Right. And they can like kind of pull everything from each other. But I read
1: on Wikipedia, this album was mainly recorded by only three of these guys. That's what it looks like. Like, yeah. Looking at the, um, the credits for this, it's like Stu, um, the drummer and, uh, the fucking, I think the The harmonica player or the bassist. Okay.
0: Yeah. And, uh, it's, you know, I, I was kind of listening to it, and I, and I was thinking, like, it doesn't sound like there are seven people playing on this thing right now. And, True. you know, that's that's how I looked it up, and the, the drums sound, uh, I, I'm not going to say weaker, but a little, like, because you're used to that gizzard, like, two people playing drums at the same time thing.
1: Yes, Andrew W.K. fucking, <laughs> so there's a wall of sound. And it's cool, uh, too, because the drums will play slightly different things. So Mm. it you do it does sound like two drummers playing like it doesn't sound like one drummer is doing a lot like they're they're playing distinct parts sometimes and it's fucking dope.
0: And I, I uh, found that the, I don't it was like a lot easier to appreciate all the individual instruments I guess. Mm. And I found that my favorite part of this album is actually the bass.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean they, like, like there's some there's some bass lines in here that are just like just yeah. like juicy and just like Ugh they, they they hit real hard.
1: Yeah, what is the one that um the the music cuts out and is just the bass during like one of the choruses? I wanna say
0: During one of the choruses. I mean it that happens a couple of times. They do give the bassist uh his time in the sun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did write on a lot of these songs Great bass line <laughs> like, And it's crazy because that's a singer That's not their typical bassist That's playing the, the bass on this Really? Yeah Oh, it's on Superbug Where during one of the choruses It's just the bass is going like Do, And then the guy's doing his like Superbug Yeah It, it just like Cutting everything out and just having that bass line just really fucking like creepily playing it like builds the mm-hmm. tension so well for that for that song like
0: oh yeah and there was a there was another song where he kind of got a little uh, solo it wasn't Superbug was it no it was a uh... oh my god really I mean I
1: literally wrote great bass line on almost every song that I have notes for <laughs> I
0: think it was I think it was Mars for the rich. Mm, uh, okay. Kind of looking through it now.
1: Yeah, that's one that I put great bass line. Um, yeah,
0: there's kind of a little bass solo with the bass and the drums, and uh, it it kind of builds up a little, and then the guitar comes in with the riff, and then they all come in, and it's a beautiful like last chorus, like oh, oh, so tasty, dude.
1: Yeah, man. The the it's cr- and it's just so crazy to think that like the dude who wrote all these songs who. Played guitar and sang on all these songs Also did all the bass lines And all of those things Are next level Amazing It's
0: like There must be something wrong with the guy
1: You know It's it's like one of those things where like And I don't want to like disparage anyone But it's just like one of those things where someone has like Slight autism or something And they're just like A (laughs) savant You know And it's like this Yeah There's something The I can't imagine having that much stuff in my head that I can put out onto paper and like into a song that, I mean, that's this dude needs to write books or like a graphic novel or something. (laughs)
0: I'd, I'd be surprised if they, if they don't sometime, man, I bet they, it could be like, uh, the Mars Volta, uh, wrote the, the singer wrote a book and then they made an album around it. You know, they might do that or they could, make a book off one of these albums, you know, like I'm sure it wouldn't be too far out
1: of their reach. I definitely thought with murder of the universe and with this, um, with, with infest the rat's nest, it, both of them just would work so well in a book or a graphic novel because it, it's, it's already a story. Like the story's there. And it'd be yeah. so cool to be able to put visuals to that story, like in a graphic novel, like I would love to see the things that he talks about, On this record and on murder of the universe that that one is like you I want you to check that one out after like before you listen to any other album by them
0: (laughs) All right we'll do yeah I'll put it in my library
1: Yeah yeah do that because that one um, Took a little it it, the only thing that sucks about it is because it is a concept album and it is kind of almost like a, a musical in a sense that they have a lot of repetitive themes so i
0: i don't see that as a detriment
1: no i just think like for for someone who's maybe like a casual fan they're gonna be like oh my god they're playing this riff again you know like this is two (laughs) songs later and it's just like yeah that's how musicals you know that that's how i went into like once i started really listening to it i was like oh this is just another fucking concept album and then they have a lady like reciting parts of the story like doing the exposition a little bit and um i feel like this album could have definitely had another person telling the story in between songs like i think it would have been but the lyrics are so uh they tell the story so well also that like you don't need the narrator but i think it would just it it could it could use one and it wouldn't feel weird
0: uh i i think so as well i mean it 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 would be a, a kind of cool like maybe intermissions between songs some kind of narration or something or maybe yeah. in the songs but uh that's basically you know this is what we got is. yeah and uh he this guy just from seeing this album alone he has a gift of saying a lot with very few words
1: he's really he's a really good lyricist man i agree like I, I I didn't save any of the lyrics Like I did for a few of the other albums But it's just like I mean literally these It feels like they're pulled straight from the pages Of like an Isaac Asimov novel Or like a Lovecraft novel Or something mm. like he He's so good at At describing what he's talking about And being on the nose But saying it in such a cool way That it doesn't feel <laughs> cheesy Even though it is cheesy Like the concept is cheesy
0: It's it's a little cheesy, but I think it's I think it's grounded. I think it's good. I think it's Oh yeah. you know, really good for a sci-fi thing. Uh I think a lot of what he says on this album like it makes sense that this was made in 2019, right? Cuz there's like a lot of stuff on <sighs> here that kind of relates to you know, what's happening right now and what's, yeah. you know.
1: Some of these songs hit a little harder after coronavirus.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Superbug, huh?
1: Superbug is one of my <laughs> choice nugs, obviously. Um, hmm. Let me. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna start playing it right now so I can listen to it. This, yeah, definitely like easily a choice nug for me and one that I didn't think was gonna be when I when it was first playing. Even though I I loved it from the get go, but I realized how much I liked it because this was the one that I was singing. For like days after I listened to this album,
0: <laughs> well, the chorus just like gets stuck in your head. Super bug it's so catchy. In
1: my blood, yeah, and just like it starts out with a really nice bluesy, almost like reminds me of uh sleep a little bit. These kind of slower... I saw a
0: couple comments on this uh, genius saying
1: saying the same thing. No shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, when like down, down, like that. that yeah. is very sleepy, but a little more bluesy than sleep. And then they do this on a lot of the songs on this record, where the verses are like just chuggy. And he just he has this fucking like his, his he has a metal voice, which I love because he doesn't <laughs> sing like this on anything else. <laughs> and he, he just
0: he has this specifically for this stuff.
1: Specifically, yeah, and it, he pulls it off so well, and it reminds me so much of, like, Mongolian throat singing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's got that kind of bassy, uh, grit. Just guttural. Yeah, very guttural. That's like, it. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, it's very... It, it takes a very, like, specific type of person to have me enjoy someone singing like super bug (laughs) in my blood and i'm like oh that hurt my fucking throat (laughs) (laughs) well that's what yeah
0: i i i hope this guy isn't hurting himself because it sounds like it'd be pretty taxing to do for an entire album you know yeah
1: dude like so like uh, like it's very mongolian throat singing to me and it's so might use some of those techniques yeah, I, I, he probably does. I mean, like, it'd be hard to sing like this the way that he sings it because he's not only doing guttural, but he's, like, projecting. Yeah. He, he's not doing it quietly. I did it quietly, and my throat fucking got scratched. <laughs> this dude's screaming it almost, and it's just low, bassy. Like, oh, man, I love it. This And, like, that, that chorus of Superbug, it's, like, just... I would love to see it live and just have the whole crowd singing it.
0: Just a uh, crowd chant with the super pug.
1: That would just get me just dripping.
0: Well, ironically, uh we don't have that chance right now. No, <laughs> because because of, of a super the, bug. Because uh, of the super pug. Yeah, I, this I is I love the... that he like made a reference to H one N one. Yeah. He had swine flu. Yeah, he said it you was know? a flop.
1: <laughs> I love that he called it a flop. It was just like it's like speaking from the the perspective of the superbug, and he's just like, Yeah, H one N one was a fucking flop, so now I'm here to do yeah. what he couldn't do. And-
0: Superbug's like a truck, penicillin is a duck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was probably my the the funniest line that I saw in
1: this album. And and I the it's kind of funny too But I still love it Where he goes uh, It never ever ever stops It never ever never gives, gives a fuck, a fuck. <laughs> It's like so silly But I'm like dude How do you sound so cool Doing something so goofy And it's one I of mean, the longer songs On the record too Huh? Oh I was just saying It's one of the longer songs On the record too
0: Yeah well you know No song is really too long On this thing
1: Mm-mm this one's I, almost I, seven minutes, and it doesn't feel like it.
0: Yeah, it's they. Uh, it, this album is around thirty-nine minutes. He said, right?
1: So I think it's um thirty-four. Thirty-four. Yeah, thirty-four minutes, well, nine songs.
0: I think I just get so engrossed with music that it it always seems longer to me. Like it doesn't feel like a thirty-minute album to me.
1: They sh- they shoved a lot of shit into thirty-four minutes, man. They told a whole story. <laughs> in 34 minutes <laughs> and uh did you uh ever have a chance to click on that link i sent you before we recorded Fuck. today no let me i'm gonna open up right now mars for the oh,
0: right so you you referenced it so i think you know that this is a game they made
1: yeah they made a first person shooter for yeah this album
0: so the and concept it, of this
1: album real quick just to like kind of encapsulate it as like easily as I could. I was like, it's basically And I got this from like some notes that people left online also, but like they talk about the disparity between rich and poor people right now, but also the potential of how that disparity can just get larger and larger as we, as the future, you know, in the future. And the, the concept is at this point, our planet is uninhabitable uh, not because of just a super bug that's killing a bunch of people, but I think it's like I think they mentioned climate issues and stuff. Yeah, like it's that also too.
0: like economic stuff or uh, economic
1: stuff. Like they talk uh, about an organ farmer, environmental like, stuff. Yeah, and they talk about an organ farmer. Like um, another great song title where it's basically talking about like industrial <laughs> farming, and and that industrial farming is like one of the biggest like causes of global warming. And right. So yeah, so this album's about like how rich and poor are so separate from each other. And essentially like we're able to finally colonize Mars, but the, their, their idea of the people who get to colonize Mars are the rich. Only the rich are going to be able to afford it. And the only, the rich are going to want to select the people that go up there also to follow them. So all the poor people are left on earth um, to deal with the, with a basically an an inhabitable planet. And that's what this whole thing's about.
0: And uh, the, the kind of first half of this album is, kind of putting these problems kind of telling you about these problems on earth and the second half kind of focuses on people from earth who try to escape from earth and they try to go to venus right as as a kind of last resort
1: yeah where Um, they talk about it on um the songs are called like venusian one and venusian two
0: yeah which it's you know, the more I was reading this album, the more everything clicks. Like, I finally understand what the cover is, the cover of the album. Uh,
1: yeah, what is I, it? It's a horse skull, right? It's a rat skull. Oh, that's a rat skull. Oh, that makes sense.
0: Infest the rat's nest, right? Right. Uh, and Venusian 1 and Venusian 2, I realized, like, those are the names of the ships that they're using to try to get off the planet.
1: Right, and Venusian 1 crashes... Um, and burns on impact right
0: uh well it's it's uh into the perihelion which is like the closest a planet gets to this to like the sun right so they try to use the sun's gravity to propel themselves venus and then they got they got sucked into the sun and yeah they
1: basically try and like slingshot around the sun and use that that uh gravitational pull to kind of slingshot them into venus and they burn up right they get too close yeah yeah man (sighs) i I really uh, would love to see this on on a a graphic novel
0: oh dude and in a venusian 2 goes they learn they actually do land on venus but uh you know maybe they crash maybe like the the planet is very very dangerous and like nearly uninhabitable so they all you know kind of die self-immolate go to hell and like my favorite part of the album and why i'm super super happy that i played the mars for the rich game before i got into the lyrics of the album oh uh because in the game you it's 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 like doom like the original doom
1: right it looks exactly like doom
0: So you see this uh, pillar like this gate right from the album cover Uh, and you kind of walk up to it and suddenly like chaos ensues and, and rats just hundreds of thousands of rats chase after you. And, you know, giant giant rats that shoot fireballs try to kill you. Right. Right. And so I was like, okay, this is a lot. Uh and then That sounds awesome. You get you get into the song Hell, which is one of my uh choice
1: nugs. Oh man, it was so good.
0: And it talks about how like Satan has taken these uh people who were trying to go to Venus and, and ended up dying. They kind of join his army and they attack uh the people on Mars.
1: And yeah, who they, he, Satan describes the people on Mars as rats. Yeah. And so he goes, go infest the rat's nest and go, like, basically kill everyone on Mars. And I love that he says, remember the entrance and remember where you, how you leave hell or something like that. Cause it's like the door to hell is, is made of amber. And he says, yeah. remember this. So after you kill all them, you can come back.
0: Yeah. And I, I it was just like cool. Kind of like everything connecting all at once. A very, very cool payoff, I'd say.
1: Dude, yeah. Hell is such a good song. And it's, it's one of the, the songs that, um, that I love to do in my own songwriting where the, the second half is different than the first half.
0: Oh, And that, that second half, the way they get into <sighs> it is so cool.
1: So cool! They, yeah, because the start song that, starts like really thrashy. It
0: starts really thrashy, and then it drops off, and then it's like maybe a sitar, maybe just an effect on the guitar where it does a riff, and then just some feedback, and they go into it, and it's it's a they played on a, a deeper part of the guitar, and ugh, yeah, it's dude. so cool, so cool. Me,
1: it's very Middle Eastern that that's that second half of the song, and it, for all I know, they're playing a microtonal guitar.
0: That could be it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I love me, like uh, on this song, they kind of do what you'll hear in a lot of King Gizzard songs where right before they go into like a little interlude, the singer just goes, Ooh! or like goes, Ooh! Oh, dude. or something like that. And then they do those like really <laughs> fuzzy echoey guitars that are just like echoing over each other and feedbacking. He, they, that, they do that, that a lot and be, I never get tired of it.
0: That is that dude's second favorite move aside from matching the guitar notes. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down in my notes just
1: yeah, he loves doing like the oh, and like doing like a little oh, like like just little, um, accents just to get you into the next like little musical interlude. And they they repeat that echoed guitar, fuzzy echoed guitar on so many songs on so many albums, and I've yet to get tired of it. In fact, mm. I ripped it off hardcore on a lot of Mortalis <laughs> albums or songs. <laughs> I ripped it off so hard because I was so like one of the things that once whenever I was in a band in high school we started trying to play we were a ska band at first like ska punk and then we started trying to play reggae I I was like getting more into dub so once I got into college and I started uh, basically doing drugs I was like I like dub music now and one of the things I like the most about dub music was the echoes
0: right the little it's very signature
1: yeah long
0: big echoes, yeah
1: yeah, lots of space and and lot and they and then some of the cooler dub is when the producer will go in and affect it even more where the echoes will kind of like their the sound will be a little like modulated and they'll kind of right. and that's what like the scientist and mad professor and like some of these other um like r- dub producers like they basically like are part of the band almost like they they change the song to an extent. So like, anyway, I was really into uh, dub at the time. And so like, one of the things that I overused all the time was echoes on my guitar. I would just like layer them and layer them and layer them. And just like, it would get to be to where like no one else liked it except me. And, (laughs) and I never really heard it outside of reggae. And then when I discovered King Gizzard, I was just like, Oh my God, this is like the rock version of what I was doing in reggae, where it's just like, so over the top. And like it, it, Feedbacks and goes over itself and then it becomes Indecipherable and it's really just noise mm-hmm. At that point <laughs> but I Love it man and they I love that they Do it on some of these songs too because That kind of like brings in their more garage rock Stuff into like a metal album
0: Yeah It's it, it translates Really well I think Perfectly well
1: <laughs> perfectly well and That dude yeah that the, the riff at the end of Hell the Like oh ugh so
0: good at first i wasn't really feeling it i was i was like oh okay another like right before the album ends random riff that has nothing to do with anything else uh but the more i listened to it the more i just like got into it and just
1: yeah the double bass going that whole time yeah
0: and i'm also very picky about double bass stuff in in music like if it if it's just going the whole time like it's kind of annoying to me but the the few times he did that on this album i thought it was you know great <laughs> had yeah. nothing against it he
1: he picked the the perfect moments to do it in because yeah. it it does become a little superfluous after a while when they're just like it's just part of the every song they're just gonna be double bass but it kind of reminds me yeah. like did you ever listen to thrice no Okay, well, I was really into Thrice for a while there and their their first couple albums were were kind of like hardcore punk and then they came out with basically like a punk metalcore record for their third record I think it was called Artist in the Ambulance. And there were some heavy songs on there that I that were so good and the drummer like just every now and then would do some double bass and it never lasted long. It only lasted a couple measures at the most and it was my favorite parts of all the songs that he did that and he just wanted mm. more of it, you know? And I realized it's, like it is, it's not as good when you get too much of a good thing just makes it bad.
0: It can be the best secret weapon in any metal band's arsenal. Right. Sure.
1: Or, or it can become so played out.
0: Yeah, like that you almost feel obligated to do it on every song.
1: Which a lot of metal does do it like that. Especially metalcore, but like, you know, fucking death metal and shit, like there's so much double bass on every song.
0: Yeah, it's 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 tiring.
1: <laughs> I could but I would imagine though like I've always thought because I don't play drums that that would be like the funnest drums to play.
0: I've I've never gotten into double kick very much. Uh, so I, I guess I wouldn't know, but I feel like if you're really good at it, it, it's probably really fun to pull off, especially like when you're doing it with, with, uh, fills, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of doing it.
1: That sounds so fun. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, but, like, uh, a friend of mine who's also a drummer doesn't like that type of drumming that much either. He says, like, yeah, just because... Like he just thinks it's, like, so you're technically good. Great. You know, like, you can learn to be technically good. If everyone practices enough, you can get that good. But it's, like, yeah, he thought that there was no artistry in it. And I couldn't disagree with him more at the time.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've always appreciated good technicality from drummers but my my number one thing has always been about the emotion they put into the drums Yeah, you know and sometimes a lot of the time being very good technically can do far more good for your emotional stuff if you know how to incorporate those two sides uh together like um homeboy from uh pup Oh yeah, for sure, homeboy from Pup. He he he's a very good technical drummer, though he do, he really doesn't show it.
1: Yeah, he like holds back and is just about like what does this song need? Like what's what does this vibe need?
0: Very very good at working with, uh, you know, odd time signatures, but also kind of odd riffs that they do because they'll do songs in four four that don't really sound like they're in four four, and he'll. he'll know how to play with it yeah i didn't realize
1: until we talked for the podcast that i was just i i didn't realize that a lot of the songs weren't in four four because it was just so seamless uh in any case weird time signatures like those are all over this album
0: oh for sure and that's a that's a huge part of metal
1: i've never been yeah for sure um i feel like not so much in metal core which is most of the metal i listen to Like, Weird Time Signatures isn't that. Maybe they'll cut off a beat here and there, but it's pretty 4-4 most of the time, from what I remember. Um, But, like, my other choice nug on this record was Planet B, the opening Mm. track. And that one has a lot of their, like, typical, like, like Nonagon Infinity-type guitars, where it's just, like, really kind of obnoxious, like, lead stuff as, like, little interludes between the chorus and the verse. (laughs) Sure. And it's like very (laughs) chuggy, but it's like so thrashy. Like, so like the song opens up with a ton of double bass. Like, did you dig that?
0: Oh, yeah. I thought that that's a, it's always a fun way to kick off an album.
1: And the bass is, (laughs) the kick drum is mic'd so weird that it sounds like very muffled.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was kind of wondering how they do that. Like, maybe they mic it outside of like the hole. Maybe they don't Mm. have a hole in their kick drum and they just kind of mic it from outside. I don't know. I just thought they uh, stuffed
1: the the kick drum full of fucking pillows.
0: That could be it as well. Yeah, just stick a, <laughs> uh,
1: like three comforters in there.
0: Which usually, when you're doing a lot of double bass stuff, you try to go for a sharper, kind of uh, more standing out kick sound.
1: A very very punchy, like kind of like um, like with a lot like, of attack. Yeah, a lot of attack. Exactly. Like you want to hit yeah. the it, like I like when I hear double bass, like I want to hear the the mallet hitting the drum. Like, I want Mm. to hear that punch, you know? Um, Yeah, because
0: otherwise, if it's too muffled, it's going to just sound like a mess.
1: Yeah, and this kick drum on this album is really muffled, but it's awesome. Like, I think it it adds to the garage rock band doing a metal album, like, sound. (laughs) Yeah. And Planet B, just like, again, that's such a great album or song title, and it's it just sounds like a a 1960s sci-fi movie.
0: And it it goes hard so good in the paint like the whole time i i i love what the drummer's doing during the verses where he's kind of doing that double kick but he's also tapping that ride cymbal bell yes. you know every now and then like almost at random it seems but yeah
1: and it, but it's like compare this to circle of demons the opening track this opens really similarly
0: <laughs> well maybe I don't know. There's there's a bit of an intro with the drums and the music, and then the vocals, not all at the same time.
1: True. I guess I'm thinking like just it just starts with with uh, with the drummers going <don't know> <indermakers> like that's such a crazy way to start an album, and I loved it.
0: And then about halfway through, it does do. They're like, all right, but we are King Gizzard, so yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna not hit do, some notes not not and I'm gonna
1: match the vocals.
0: And now Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's something else I used to also hate. Um growing up, uh, I hated when the vocals were just following the the guitar part. That used to really, really bother me. Yeah. I I hated it. I thought it was so lazy and I refused to do it in in any of my songs for the <laughs> longest time.
0: I I love that stuff, man. I love when when Jimmy did it, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Uh I you know, as much crap as i gave gizzard for doing it i do love when i hear it
1: <laughs> Yeah, see, it's it is it used to be a, a huge uh like musical pet peeve of mine
0: <laughs>
1: and these guys completely changed my my stance on it i couldn't love it more now but i don't know if i would love it as much as how they do it man because they just this well, band we just gotta try
0: me. it dang it
1: this band just gets it we gotta- well to be honest i did start doing that um. After a while I mean they, they, Like King Gizzard And you Entering the band Had a huge influence On like where My songwriting went Like for our second record And like you Like if you listen to The first Our first album Versus our second You're gonna hear King Gizzard's influence on me
0: hmm.
1: Like for sure I mean at that point Also I had been listening To a lot more Of that type of metal music So I understood it a little bit more. I had a little more like, I wasn't coming from a place of like just trying to emulate. I was just like, okay, I feel like I know this well enough now that I can write my own. Yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, I (laughs) like saying I ripped off King Gizzard is probably a little extreme, but I've fucking borrowed a lot of of their aesthetic.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm you and Michael in. Luis were were all about it, so there was no way it wasn't going to bleed into our music somehow.
1: Yeah, right? I think they. I and think, I
0: wouldn't say you ripped it off. I like I don't think it's that like. I I think your your style is unique enough that it's it's not a total rip or or a rip at all. Honestly,
1: I I hope so because <laughs> I mean <laughs> I would do a lot more of the that really distorted echoey guitar at our live shows than I did on our on our record sure (laughs) I would do it so much and I loved it and it never got old to me
0: I mean when we were doing when we made our unreleased chupacabra that was like all you were doing in that bridge yeah Yeah, dude you know so fun uh uh my my nugs my choice nugs were hell and self-immolate
1: Self Immolate, I put two stars next to it because I was like, if I could get a third choice nug, it would be self-immolate.
0: Oh, dude. This is my favorite song on the album, for sure. I it's just like it pounds forward. I love the vocals in the verse. Yeah. I have gone insane. I, I lust for, for volcano. volcano.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> fucking cool, dude. Like such goofball lyrics and so cool.
0: And then those raging guitars come after the you know bam, bam, din, 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 din,
1: the great din, din. drums in the beginning just dun, 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 it, just, it sounds
0: like it sounds like these guys are you know falling from space in a ball of fire, and are about to crash into hell you know and that's like oh oh it's beautiful yeah
1: it, it's and like self-immolate means to like light yourself on fire right yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. The, like, what is the count on this song? Because I couldn't figure uh, that out.
0: Is it not... uh I don't know. Is it
1: like 9-7 or some shit? Probably.
0: I think it's 4-4. Four, four. No. <laughs> to
1: create. If anything, it's 6-4, maybe. But uh, it's so... Yeah, dude, like... That that When I listen to, I love the double bass during that, that auto cream, man. It's just like, like during that part, it's so fucking awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, I think it's like, this one is them landing in Venus and just bursting into flames, basically. And then after they, yeah, after they die, they go to hell, which is the last song on the record. But like this, this is one of my favorite King Gizzard riffs of any of theirs.
0: They uh, it, this one uh, Venusian 2 I wrote down had some of my favorite riffs and I mean uh hell
1: yeah dude I mean and those are the last 3 on the on the record
0: Yeah so it like vanished very strong for me Yeah obviously <laughs> but I I I initially thought Planet B was going to be one of my choice snugs, and that like landed in third place
1: Yeah uh, I mean self-immolate like, is
0: Oh, dude, it's so good. It just gets your blood pumping,
1: you know. That uh, that pre-chorus, like where he's doing the classic King Gizzard, like just singing what the guitar's doing. Yeah. Dun it, Bennett, it, it, it. I
0: love that so much. <sighs>
1: so catchy and like awesome, dude. Uh, I love their like they said Venusian uh mal like uh like Venusian seasickness. Uh huh. Like, dude, what do you think of this shit? <laughs> I, th- there was a,
0: I believe it was in Venusian Two that another line I laughed at, uh, or it could have been Venusian One.
1: Uh... Dude, self-immolate is dangerous uh, in the pit.
0: Oh, dude, it it must be a. a an absolute mess it, it, this at, is, this at is those K- live shows yeah
1: this is like this is a violent fucking song <laughs> like <laughs> I I don't even fucking mosh and I would just I would I would bring a weapon <laughs>
0: uh, and, and let's go on to to hell real quick as well this one just starts off bah, hit bah, ding, bah, ding, bah, ding, dah, and then just gets right into the verse. It's another just raging, just, just hell song.
1: Yeah. It's very, um, self immolate and hell, like are perfect to go back to back together, which, you know, obviously with the subject matter, but like the vibes, man, I, that's what I mean when I, when I first was talking about this, like thinking of this album, like, Oh, this is so like wonderfully kind of lazy or sloppy. And then I (laughs) listened to it a couple more times and I was like, this all of this is deliberate like the self-immolate and hell could be one long song if they wanted it to be like that's how like perfectly they go in together i feel like
0: yeah it yeah they work really well together
1: they're totally different riffs totally different beats you know but like maybe not totally different beats or like rhythms or whatever but like Just the vibes on both of them. It's just like this is yeah. Like these go together. This is a this is a concept album. Yeah. To a team. And
0: what a what a way to end off the album, man. Dude, yeah. Hell is,
1: (laughs) hell is another one that's just nonstop for like a minute and a half, and then yeah, you have that chilled out part for a little bit, and then that fucking badass like Middle Eastern riff Indian thing.
0: I love how it goes into that part, dude. So cool. Am I wrong in thinking that the album cover is the gate to hell?
1: I don't think it is, just because it doesn't look like it's made out of amber. It looks like it's made out of stone or, like, brass or some sort of metal.
0: Yeah, but I also... I The more I looked at it, the more I... I thought I saw screaming faces in the smoke. That could have just been me wanting cool things to happen. And I, I also only realized today that, like, it's not gateway into hell it's like a chimney because the bottom of it is you see those grates oh
1: there's light glowing from underneath it
0: yeah and that's how you get to hell
1: oh boy i'm trying to open it up into a bigger dude and oh shit that's so cool yeah
0: and it's stuff like that that you you know you love to see in an album you love to think you're so smart thinking of these things.
1: Dude, I mean, uh, but
0: it's also a real credit that they fit all this into an image that was literally incomprehensible to me when yeah. I first saw it.
1: Weird enough, because I haven't thought about that till just now, that I didn't um I didn't listen to this album for the longest time because of the cover.
0: Oh real? Like it is it has kind of a
1: it's ugly. It's ugly, you know. Yeah,
0: and like maybe it's supposed to be that way. Like it's kind of it's hell. Like it's not supposed to look pretty.
1: There's definitely a very wispy skull in the middle of that gate.
0: Yeah, I see I mean, it. I, it. Like it could have just been me seeing things, but
1: oh my god! Well, now I'm just like I'm finally because I've only seen this album cover like on my phone. So I'm, I someone made a wallpaper of it. And I'm looking at it now, so I'm, I have it blown up, and it's so clearly a rat skull. <laughs> and I never noticed.
0: Yeah, yeah right? You, like, I was, I was like, okay, I'm finally going to figure out what this cover is about. And I was, like, turning it every which way. I was like, oh, that's a skull. What's that a skull of? I've never seen a skull like that. And then, you know, uh, like a rat. Like, duh, it's called Infest the Rat's Nest.
1: Yeah, dude, yeah. And you
0: see those teeth and... And the the great into hell. Uh, Dude. It's
1: it's so cool. I never noticed these little details before. This is awesome. And it it looks like, honestly, it might just be a drawing or a painting, but it looks like a physical object.
0: Yeah, I was wondering about that. Because it looks like they just made this sculpture had someone made this sculpture and put it on like a red podium or something put smoke around
1: it yeah or easily just take a picture of it and just photoshop this shit in there
0: yeah but i i I, if you told me it was a painting i've seen i've seen some crazy stuff you know
1: for sure i and (laughs) i believe you and i honestly i thought this was a horse skull this whole time and that's why i never connected i'm I'm an idiot though i should have it's pretty it should be pretty obvious that it's a rascal when, <laughs> if you like think about it for especially, a little bit
0: especially seeing as we did like the same thing with our album
1: yeah dude we where it's like you flip it on
0: its side and it's like oh there we go
1: yeah but also how many people do you think picked up on that i don't think anyone did
0: <laughs> i mean when you first see it it's like it's in incompar- like you can't like I don't know what that is. I'm not going to take time to look at that. It's ugly. I don't even <laughs> like looking at this. Yeah. And that's what I thought.
1: Yeah. Uh, like this sucks to look at. Dude, I mean, it it really was like the album cover for this record what was a turnoff. And now that you pointed that out to me, I love it. It's
0: it's so cool. It, it, it another Show of how these guys can sh- like tell so much with so little, right? It's just a little statue, but the smoke coming out, the the light from under the grate, how the thing is a rat's skull, the staircase leading up to it.
1: Yeah, how like, it, and it would work perfectly as a book cover for a book that's this. Sure, what a cool <laughs> book title to infest the rat's nest. I would read the shit out of that. Yeah, I would read it while I shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and it's it's just weird that when I first saw this album, like and first kind of initially listened to it, I, I thought like yeah okay like the Earth's ending, the rich people go to Mars, uh, and like the the poor people go to Venus or whatever, and like, uh, and only later, like infest the rat's nest i thought it was a negative thing i thought we were like all right we got to go take down this rat's nest because it's evil or something but then the rat's nest is the rich people on mars who left everyone to die on earth because of their greed and it's like oh shit yes infest the rat's nest go for it dude fuck them up
1: yeah yeah i thought it was kind of uh, like murder of the universe where that was talking about like a not an ogre but like a balrog or something like it was like more mystical hmm. so w- when i when i saw infest the rat's nest i'm like oh it's gonna be another like mystical type of like you know like lord of the rings inspired thing nope but i want to watch every movie that inspired this album i want to read every single book that inspired this album <laughs> i want to like hey man have this be part Whoop. of my fucking personality
0: <laughs> i bet Luis has got some stuff for you
1: Dude, actually, Luis, let me borrow these books that he got called, like, Mysteries of Space and Time. And it's really old articles from, like, the 60s and 70s and 80s written about, like, all different types of just weird shit. Like, the other day I read about a guy, a British guy who, like, became a witch doctor in Africa. And, like, uh, this guy that was investigating a place called the Borley Rectory. That it was—he was saying it was haunted, but then after he died, a bunch of people started coming out and saying that he lied about all his findings of this place being haunted. So then they started doing an investigation on this, on the actual ghost hunter, and then uncovered a lot of crazy shit about his life. And so, like these books are fucking cool. They're just collections of of articles, and like, yeah, they're they're totally. This is Luis's aesthetic, (laughs) and I want this to be my aesthetic.
0: Why, man? Twenty twenty one. Hey man, it's a year for change. <laughs> uh so I guess we should should get on to rating this thing, right?
1: Yeah, dude. Um yeah, I uh I want you to go first cuz I actually have to think about this a little bit. Uh, if you don't, if you're not ready, then we can both just like think for a little bit.
0: I mean, okay. Let me think about this. There are really cool moments in the record. It's really consistent throughout even though it's not exactly like my type of music i'll still i'm i'm going to come back to this record so i think it deserves at least like an 8.3 or 4 and even that seems too low but that's like that's that's my score it's going to be an 8.3 why why
1: do you feel like you're holding back why do you, if you feel like that's low shouldn't you rate it higher
0: well i just feel like I can't, I probably can't listen to this album multiple times too quickly. Okay. You know, like I, I feel like if I, I have to space out my listenings to this album or else I'll get tired of it.
1: Yeah. I do that with a lot of things. Our <laughs> um, <laughs> bandits, uh action, Bronson King Gizzard. All three of those definitely like we're on repeat for too much. 8.3 is great though. That's, that's a, that's not S tier. It's
0: not S tier, but it's an A. It, like it, it might seem a little low considering like all the albums we've brought in have been at least like a seven and a half plus, right? You know, like we haven't like listened to any albums we dislike, uh, not but yet. <laughs> not well, you know. I have uh, some suggestions that we could talk about, but uh, why don't you uh, give your rating real quick?
1: Um. Uh, well, this is. I I agree with everything that you said. Obviously, it's very consistent. The theme is awesome. Um, It's hard. A concept album is a hard sell for me, and I love this one. I've loved every concept album that these guys have made. Um, The lyrics are are fucking awesome. The music is great. The music is like... I'm so glad that they played it because I didn't know that I wanted this in my life until they made this album. (laughs) I didn't know I wanted a garage rock metal band. Gizzard is your gateway, man. Dude, I I just like they, yeah. And and what sucks is I want to hear so much more of this type of stuff. And I don't think anyone else could do it this well, honestly. (laughs) Um, So this is definitely S tier for me. And I'm going to give this a 9 point. Again, they're one of my top 10 favorite bands of all time. I'm going to give it a 9.4
0: wow all right a 9.4 from lucas that's a that's that's nothing to sneeze at
1: i'm not fucking around right now (laughs) i would not kick this album out of bed for eating crackers (laughs) if you know what i mean oh no i know i know what you mean you you say that all the time that's a very popular phrase (laughs) this album honestly reminded me so much and i'm gonna i'm assuming you haven't um, seen this movie called ghost of mars nope yeah, it's a terrible movie, but it's all about how like they're they're terraforming Mars or they're digging, they're mining Mars for something and then it releases a virus that like infects all the people on Mars and it gets them to start uh, mutilating themselves.
0: Ugh. That sounds and so crazy.
1: <laughs> it's it's a it's visually a crazy movie, but it stars Ice Cube. Really? Yeah, so that it's a John Carpenter movie that stars Ice Cube. Huh. <laughs> so you can imagine it probably came out 2001, 2002. Uh, and it was the first movie that I ever walked out of in a movie theater. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like <laughs> 14 were... with my dad. And we were both like, fuck this, right? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> fuck this. We just left. Ice
0: Cube couldn't keep you invested, huh?
1: And I was a huge Cube fan.
0: Uh, weren't we all?
1: Um, I hope so. <laughs> that man is... is pure raw talent. Dude. Um, Yeah. If, if you haven't heard this record and for some reason, listen to us talk about it for over an hour, like listen to this record. You, if you like metal, if you like garage rock, the chances are that you're going to fucking like this.
0: If, if you like riffy music, if you like driving music, you're going to like this album. Even if you, you're not really a fan of, uh metal or punk it might be a hard sell but th- there's probably going to be something in here for you it's not all driving there are some groovy songs as well
1: you know definitely like the second song or, or yeah um yeah it's almost like ZZ Top sounding to me just a little <laughs> heavier it sounds like 70s rock right
0: a little bit yeah it's yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so there is a little something for everyone i i definitely think that too but highly recommend this album We obviously loved it Um, I had a, an idea for a real quick uh, segment
0: I'd love to hear
1: it So um, And I hope that while I'm going through it I can think of The one for this album So it's weird because sometimes like, I think about things in weird ways And I, this is part of the reason why I love Action Bronson Because uh, I think in food Also a lot <laughs> And I, I I describe things as food. Like when I when, when there's a movie that I love, I call it like comfort food. Okay. And stuff like that. You know, like and I'm sure a lot of people do that shit, but like I definitely like think of things in terms of food sometimes. And I did it the first album I did it for was for at all cost, for Circle of Demons. And for some reason when I was listening to it, I was thinking, like, dude, this is like because every part is so every individual part is so fucking well done. And so good and so like rehearsed and precise on that album that when you like put it all together, it's awesome, but it's like chaotic and crazy. And uh, for some reason I was like, dude, this is like if you like cooked a gourmet meal, like you made like Chilean sea bass on a bed of polenta and like asparagus uh, juice. And, you know, every you the five different, six different components and you put them all together and they make this beautiful gourmet meal. But then you take all of that and you put it in a taco. <laughs> like, that's what adult, that's what Circle of Demons was for me, like a gourmet meal that's served as a taco.
0: OK. All right. And so. So.
1: So, yeah, I thought about that and I was like, oh, how would I describe all the other records we've listened to?
0: I would love to hear your take on this one.
1: (laughs) Okay, so this one, um, I can start with this one and then maybe I'll do the other ones real quick. But um, this one was like, because it's so, have you heard of that fruit? I don't even know what it's called. I wish I had to, I should have looked it up. Um, Close, but it's like, I think it's durian fruit or dorian fruit.
0: Like the spiky kind of thing?
1: Yes. Yeah. So apparently that smells disgusting. Awful but it tastes really good. Hmm. Have you had it?
0: No, I haven't. I've just heard
1: about okay. it. Okay. So I saw it on Anthony Bourdain like so long ago. And, and yeah, he was like, this smells like dead feet, but it tastes delicious. What? And I'm like, I can't even imagine that. But that's the first thing I thought of thinking about this album, that it's like super spiky on the outside of this fruit because like this album's so fuzzy and like dirty and gritty sounding. And then you open it up and it's just like stinky as fuck and it's like so like, oh my God, it's like noxious and they're talking about all this crazy shit and it's heavy and it's like sci-fi and it's like, I just picture like fumes coming off of it, but then it's so deliciously done and it's so well done that when you, when you finally eat that fruit, you're like, oh my God, this is so fucking good. And all those elements combined is what makes it so fucking good. So this album is a Dorian fruit, I think is what it's called
0: durian i think
1: durian yeah durian fruit yeah that's what this is to me it was the best one i could think of because i was like what is a fruit that's like gross looking but delicious
0: that's that's odd because the first place i went to is that it's going to be some kind of nasty looking ground meat or something uh (laughs) the first thing i thought of was the fritos burrito from taco bell because like it's it's greasy it's nasty, but you bite into it, and you get those Fritos, and it just, like, it tastes, like, mm, it tastes right.
1: It's so damn good. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. So, this, for, so, for you, this album is a Frito yes, Burrito. Yes, it's a beefy Fritos Burrito from Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, man, I want that so bad now. I want to eat Frito Burritos and listen to this album and just get, like, diarrhea immediately. <laughs> And have a bit of like a I'll have like heart palpitations.
0: Well, you know what? The world is your oyster, man. There's no one saying you can't. You can you can make this dream. Yeah, that's true.
1: That's true. I described the pup album as a, as a DiGiorno pizza that you zhuzh up a little bit.
0: Mmm. Okay. Well, with some homemade spices like, and.
1: Yeah, you got you chop up some of your own like ham. You put some veggies on it. Right. You like judge it up and make it your own. Because I'm like pop punk is something that you've heard a million times you can listen to five different bands and it'll all sound the same. So I'm like, you know what you're getting when you buy a DiGiorno, but this is a DiGiorno that like they made their own, Mm. you know? So that's what, that was that to me. But yeah, man, um, that was, I was thinking like, I was like maybe for a segment I can do like, how do we describe this album as food?
0: (laughs) Dude, I love that. (laughs) I'm, yeah. I'm, I have a much, I have a much worse culinary history than you. So I'll probably be going to fast foods a lot microwavable foods
1: <laughs> yeah i i use it durian fruit and you said a frito burrito yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i like it man i think uh, it's it's a really for some reason like it makes me laugh every time i think about how I describe an album and you you have to think about it in such an abstract way yeah <laughs> well
0: screw you know, so. him,
1: man yeah hey new segment what fruit is it what food what Oh, yeah. What food is that? What it?
0: food is this bad boy?
1: Yeah, we're going to do that. That's part of it.
0: Maybe we'll have a little jingle. Maybe we won't. Who knows?
1: Dude, I was wondering if we could do that.
0: Yeah, I sure. I wanted to have
1: like little segment jingles. You know, you fucked up because you put that, that little like fail horn in one of our episodes. <laughs> and I was like, wait, we can do sound effects?
0: Oh, dude. The, as Like this podcast is also our oyster as well as the
1: world. I mean, if I can do sound effects, we are going to be like a morning radio show. <laughs> I you, will not hold back. You
0: just got to get a soundboard. You just you could just play it as, as soon as you we don't even have to edit it in. It just goes straight into the w- feed.
1: Would that like go into my interface or would that? Oh, I have no idea. How does that idea. work?
0: I bet you could. F- I don't know. I, I've never done it, but other people do it. Radio shows do it. So there's got to be a way.
1: Um, sorry, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't just stop recording <laughs> It's weird because like my marker Is like three minutes ahead Of where the thing's actually recording Huh I hope that doesn't mean I had a bunch of delays or something It doesn't look like I cut out at any point
0: Well, it's not like you did anything different here from the last episode, right?
1: No the same thing's been running the whole time. Hmm. I don't know. It's a little odd, but it's okay. Well, um anyway, uh
0: anyway, thank you for listening to our podcast earbuds. Uh find it anywhere podcasts are found. You can follow us on our Instagram for a little updates if you want.
1: And I think this is the first episode that we don't know what album we're doing next.
0: Uh <laughs> yeah i i had a couple su- I just realized that i had a couple suggestions we could either record it or we could stop and we could figure it out
1: um let's put the uh give give your your suggestions and then they'll everyone will find out on the next episode what we decided
0: well uh i i had one album that a friend showed me that I actually recommended to you uh it's called Hawaii part two by Miracle Musical uh, very yep. weird album, something I like, want to dive into and kind of figure out if I can. Uh, the second one is going to have a little more tea on it. It's going to be – it might be a very controversial episode. Uh, it, we might get some juice on it. It's uh, uh, Pet Sounds by fight. the Beach Boys.
1: Okay. Cause oh, man.
0: the that album is guaranteed top ten for any uh, – album list of all time and I've listened to it multiple times and I've never understood why
1: <laughs> so ooh, this might because I've never actually heard that whole album so this that might be the choice that we go with man because I have a feeling we're going to piss some people off
0: <laughs> and you know what that's fine uh, <laughs> but I just like I want to give it a chance I want to know why it's always considered one of the greatest albums of all time I don't just want to shit on it you know so that's why I wanted to do it yeah. for this podcast so I, I would be forced to listen to it multiple times through the week forced to like really think about it you know give it the best shot it, it has but honestly it might be a might be a controversial episode <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it will be because I'm not the biggest fan of the Beach Boys in general. Mm. Um, but damn dude. All right, oh, did you have any other ones that you were thinking? Those were the main two. Okay. Um so one that I've I've never heard of and probably not too well known. Yeah. And the other one's fucking Pet Shop Sounds or Pet Sounds. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> it's the, it's Beach Sounds by the Pet Shop Boys. Uh that's okay, right. The Pet Shop of Beach Boys. Yeah. okay cool yeah um yeah we'll we'll figure it out but i i think honestly fuck it right now let's go let's go with the beach boys
0: yeah i was thinking that too
1: (laughs) all right damn dude uh i feel like we're gonna upset a few people i upset someone yesterday not really upset with one of my album reviews of black flag
0: oh i'm sure you did (laughs) not like that album at all
1: no i did not
0: Uh, In any case, check it out, guys. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll both love it.
1: You know? Who knows? Dude, weirder shit has happened.
0: (laughs) So, uh, until next time, see you, buddies.
1: Uh, Bye. Bye. And a three, and a two, and a one.